The Everyday Style School podcast is brought to you by our collection of capsule guides and style masterclasses. Maybe you're struggling with creating a style that really feels like you, or maybe you're overwhelmed by your overstuffed closet, or maybe you just want an easy, done-for-you wardrobe plan. Whatever you need, we've got a solution for you. Head over to youreverydaystyle.com and use code PODCAST at checkout to take 20% off of your next purchase. That's P-O-D-C-A-S-T at youreverydaystyle.com. Hello, gorgeous. You're listening to the Everyday Style School podcast. I'm your host, Jennifer Mary, and I've been dressing real women just like you for over 20 years. Now I'm on a mission to teach women around the world how to create easy, effortless style without confusion and overwhelm. If you're ready to create a wardrobe you love and feel confident every day so you can live the life you want, you're in the right place. Let's get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Everyday Style School podcast. Have you ever had a clear picture in your mind of the perfect clothing piece, but you can't find it anywhere? For me, it's usually basics that I should be able to find, like a top with a perfect neckline or a skirt that's the right shape and length and fabric. As simple as these things that I want might be, sometimes they're just not out there. And trust me, if it's in a store or online, I can find it, but sometimes just not out there. And if you're anything like me, you think, I should just learn how to sew and make it myself. I have been curious about sewing my own clothes for a while now. So I set out to find a sewing expert to interview on the Everyday Style School podcast to talk to us about the benefits of sewing our own wardrobes and give us some guidance and advice on where to start, because I'm sure I can speak for a lot of you and myself when I say, yeah, sewing your own wardrobe is a cool idea, but completely overwhelming. And in my case could go horribly, horribly wrong. So I searched the internet on Pinterest and on Facebook and on Instagram to find the right person to be on our show. And I wasn't finding anybody that I truly loved or they weren't doing podcast interviews. So I just got frustrated and I gave up. But then a funny thing happened. I started getting tons of comments on my Instagram posts and messages in my DM saying, I found you through Whitney from Tomcat Stitchery. And I was like, Tomcat who? So I went to check out her feed and there, my friends, was our sewing unicorn. Her style was totally on point. Her work was really, really impressive. And best of all, she's already an everyday style and a capsule wardrobe fan. I immediately reached out to connect with her and the result was the conversation that you're hearing today, as well as some plans to work together on future projects, which I am super crazy excited about. So many of Whitney's fans have joined the Summer Capsule community that we actually have a dedicated thread for sewing the capsule. If you are a sewist or you are sewist curious, so to speak, I encourage you to get the capsule guide and join the community to see what these ladies are working on. It is impressive and I know that it will inspire you to take a class or pull that dusty sewing machine out of your closet and try your hand at sewing your own style. 
That's why I'm so excited to share today's interview with you. Today's guest is Whitney Luckenbell, creator and host of Tomcat Stitchery, a sewing channel on YouTube. She started her professional career as a financial analyst with the Federal Reserve Bank, but discovered the creative joys of sewing after giving birth to her twins. Since 2006, Whitney has become an expert in all things textiles, patterns, and sewing. This expertise led to the creation of her YouTube channel where she chronicles her own journey in sewing and fitting the perfect wardrobe. Let's get inspired to sew, everybody. Hey, Whitney, welcome to the Everyday Style School. Hi, Jennifer. I am so excited to have you here, and I know that I am not the only one because literally on the daily, we are getting emails and DMs on Instagram like, have you heard of Whitney? She talks about you. Like, it's crazy. Your fans are so (laughs) wild about you. And so I reached out. I was like, hey, you want to come be on the podcast? So I know that my people are super excited to hear from you, and I know that your people are super excited to hear from you too. So um, thank you. Thank you for coming on and um, satisfying everybody's curiosity about sewing. And is this something we can actually do? Yes, definitely. I am so, I'm grinning ear to ear. I'm so excited to be here. I'm having a fangirl moment. (laughs) Oh, stop, 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 stop. Right back at you. So tell us a little bit about who you are and how you got started. Did you sew growing up? Was your mom a sewist or a seamstress? I know we don't use the word sewer because it looks like the word sewer. It totally looks like the word sewer. Some people do use it though. Do they? Yes. Sewist, seamstress, sewer. Um, Yeah, it's kind of the whole, the gamut, whatever you're comfortable with. (laughs) Okay. Well, tell us how you became one, whatever you want to call yourself. I um, actually, my background is in accounting and finance. And upon graduating high school, I worked for the Federal Reserve Bank as a financial analyst. It was not a good fit. (laughs) Okay. I've I've always had like creative leanings my entire childhood. Um, I did not grow up sewing. My mother did not sew. My grandmother did not sew. My great aunts, who were uh, kind of like great grandmothers to me, did sew, but um you know, I just wasn't interested in it um, at the time. So um, fast forward, Federal Reserve Bank wasn't a good fit. Really, the whole financial, any of the organizations that I tried to work with after that, not a good fit. Um, And I actually ended up getting really, really sick with endometriosis and um, actually couldn't even, I, I couldn't be at work enough because of that um, to hold a job and um, had to quit Probably 2005 is when I left the workforce. Um, I had married my husband a couple of years earlier and was able to do that. And um, in the January of 2006, found out I was expecting twins, boy-girl twins. Immediately, you know, set about making things for a nursery and could not find nursery bedding that was gender neutral, that wasn't um, blah. And um, I just kind of told my mom because I wasn't working at the time. I was on restricted activity because I, I just, you know, with the twins and um, told my mom, let's buy a sewing machine and you're going to teach me how to sew, <laughs> how to sew. And her background was high school home economics, maybe a little bit what she picked up from her great aunts. And that is when I was bitten by the sewing bug. All right. Okay. So you asked your mom who does not sew to teach you to sew. Yes, because okay. she was the only one I knew. I mean, this was, I mean, the internet was around obviously in 2006, but there wasn't, 
there wasn't YouTube. There wasn't, I don't think anyway, books was about all I could kind of get my hands on um, to learn. And I did that while the kids were small. And it was in 2011 when we moved to the Indianapolis area that I decided to finally take a garment sewing class. So I'd been doing, you know, curtains and you know, pillows, throw pillows, that kind of thing up until that point and really wanted to learn how to make my own clothes. I'm a very hard body to fit. And aren't we all? I took a class and met my sewing mentor at the class. She was teaching the class and we hit it off and she called me after the class and asked if I would be interested in apprenticing. And so that is really where I took my sewing really, really began. Um, I apprenticed with her for a couple of years until she retired. She did bridal and custom sewing um, alterations. When she sold her business to one of her employees, I got sold along with the deal and ended up working for Sarah was her name, the new owner, and worked in a bridal workroom then for a couple of years. Wow. Bridal is no joke. It is no joke. No joke. No joke. And so that is where I think I I was, you know, initiation by fire a little bit. Um, Started my own custom sewing a little bit out of my basement for a while, trying to find where the fit was. And then in August of 2018, decided I'm going to try, you know, the sewing community kind of come on to YouTube a little bit and decided I would try my hand at it. And I have not looked back. So I closed the alterations business. I no longer sew for anyone but family members. And uh, yeah, I've just found a real passion with teaching people how to sew and sewing inspiration on YouTube. I love that. Do you feel like there's been a little bit of a return to wanting to make our own things and wanting to um, have things that are a little bit more personal? Where do you think that has come from lately? I honestly, I think that it all kind of stemmed from really the millennials, you know, they kind of taking things back where you started getting, you know, everything was artisanal, you know, where, um, you know, dipping into all of that. I think that they really kind of caused the research. It's a very interesting age range, even when I'm looking at analytics and YouTube between people that grew up sewing and now they're retired and returning to sewing versus people that are in their, you know, early 20s through early 30s that have just had that desire to create. Yeah, it's interesting. That is really interesting. Mm -hmm. So I grew up with a mom who sewed Mm -hmm. and she would make like our Easter dresses. I love that. Yes. I I know. And I remember being so mad because all my friends got like store-bought Easter dresses (laughs) and I had the homemade. Also, Lately, I've been thinking back on how jealous I used to be of my friends who all had store-bought bread, like bread that was sliced and came in like these plastic bags because all we ever had to eat was home fresh homemade bread every single week. Oh, you poor deprived <laughs> Like thing. what a brat, right? <laughs> what a brat. <laughs> but, but we would go and we would pick out our patterns and we would pick out our fabrics. Yes. And um, and then I was mad because I didn't get, have one from, I guess it was Dayton's at the time, like all my friends did. Yes, but yes. Uh, looking back, like what a gift, what a gift. And my grandmother and my aunt, they, my grandmother was, and my, my aunt is a very, very talented quilt mm. maker. And they're really my most prized possessions. Yes. Like if my house was on fire, you can have my whole wardrobe, even my beloved Haunty pants. You can have <laughs> just about anything, but material possessions, I want to take yeah. my quilts because like the love and the the time that has gone into them like is so meaningful to me. It's just so meaningful. Definitely. And I wonder if people are just trying to 
have things that are that are more meaningful, mm-hmm. less less throwaway stuff, less you know, yes. just I, generic things and and more meaningful things. I would definitely say that that's the case. Just having that relationship you know, with your clothes, with, um, with anything really, you know, our society has become so much of a throwaway type society. My, one of my, my twins are boy, girl twins. And my son is very into, um, loves to fix things, loves to take things apart and (laughs) fix things, which can backfire on many occasions. But I love that because that's, you know, getting away from that throwaway culture a little bit and more into let's fix what we have. Let's try and be good stewards of our, resources and, you know, take better care of our planet, really, when it comes down to it. Well, I mean, it used to be like if your toaster right. broke, you fixed your toaster. Now you just right. throw your toaster away and get a new one. Exactly. It's just easier and cheaper. I think returning to that would be a, a very good thing for, for for everybody. And to learn the skills to fix some things, I think, is um, yeah. is a wonderful thing. So with all that said, why do you think more women don't sew? I think, I think it's intimidating to a lot of people, honestly, you know, um, uh, y'all be wearing something. Now it's a, a game, you know, my friends will be like, did you make that? Did you make that? You know, and I'm like, just assume, yes, everything that's on my body right now I made. Um, I think it's just intimidating to a lot of people. And honestly, you know, you are taking a two dimensional product fabric and turning it into a three dimensional piece that goes on the body. And while that seems maybe a little intimidating, it's really mostly just sewing straight lines. It's a skill, just like any learned thing. It's a muscle that you build. And once you've done it a little bit more, it is not, it is not a hard thing to do. So I, I do think, though, that a lot of people are just intimidated by thinking that it's just, it's hard. Yeah, it, do, it does seem hard. The other thing I think is that sewing is not an inexpensive thing. No. And I think, like, for me... Any DIY thing is going to cost me way more than just going to buy the thing. Way yes. more, way more. Yes. And it's never going to look as good. But talk to me a little bit about that because fabric is not cheap. It is not. And actually, I was actually talking, I've turned my mom into one of your converts as well. Um, we have long conversations on your podcast episodes. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> we were just talking this morning about um, she's getting ready to go on vacation and she is, she's got your um, spring capsule wardrobe as well and was talking about the things that she was taking and lamenting, you know, the infamous holes in the fronts of t-shirts mm-hmm. that, um, you know, everyone gets. And um, I actually had an episode on my YouTube channel talking about the cost of sewing. And I told my mom, you know, I love to thrift and I have multiple items that I have thrifted that did not start off with the holes in the stomachs, but then eventually would wear. But any knit top I have ever made myself, I have never had that issue. And I'm pretty sure it comes down to fabric. So yeah, sewing is not inexpensive. I can definitely buy a t-shirt at Target much cheaper than what I can make one for myself. But aside from the fact that I can make something in my perfect colors and something that fits me perfectly every time... I can also use higher quality fabrics than I can buy, even in higher end ready to wear stores. So it's more of a perspective, you know? Well, that's a really good perspective because people are always asking me literally daily, where can I buy quality things? And I'm kind of like, yeah, give up that fight because you can't. Right. And it doesn't matter. Like a lot of people will say, well, I shop at, you know, 
Old Navy, should I shop at Gap instead? Literally no difference. I mean, right. maybe like a smidgy, smidgy, smidgy of difference in quality, but not enough that's noticeable. Like to really buy a quality t-shirt, you're talking $60, $70, $80 for a quality t-shirt. Anything under that right. is the exact same thing for the most part. Exactly. So that's really interesting to hear that you can make quality. You can't buy it, but you can make it. Exactly. That's exactly and, right. And in that perspective, then I guess it isn't. Right. It isn't more expensive to do it. That is a really interesting perspective. Yeah. So let's talk about capsules for a little bit because yeah. as before we were recording, we were we were joking and laughing and, and I was talking about how daily people are reaching out to me to say that they found me through you, which is fantastic. And That's I amazing. have really, really loyal, amazing fans and yours. Yeah. Right. I mean, they're, they're right up there. They love you. They absolutely <laughs> love you, but they found out about me through you because of capsules, yeah. right? Yes. Yes. Uh -huh. So have you been a capsuler for a long time? Okay. My story with capsules, I, um, I've been on a mission trying to figure out capsule wardrobes have already always been interesting to me. I have a little bit of adult onset ADHD where I have a hard time okay. focusing for long periods of time. So in my sewing practice, that would look like, ooh, pretty dress, you know, ooh, another pretty dress where, you know, where am I wearing all these pretty dresses? Nowhere. So <laughs> finding a careful balance of things that I'm creating a wardrobe where everything that I go um, in my closet is things that I absolutely love, things that I want to put on, whether that be a t-shirt or a pretty dress. And I've just been on this journey. Uh, had my colors done back in January of 2020, which helped a ton. I that was a game changer. Mm -hmm. um, you know, figuring out my silhouette, trying different um, silhouettes. So I have been on this journey. And actually, I was getting ready to cut things out. Um, and I like to listen to podcasts while I do that, just because it's a kind of a mindless thing. And got onto iTunes and your podcast came up as a recommended podcast. And this has been this was like March, beginning of March. And I was hooked. I mean, hook, line and sinker right from the start. <laughs> And I called my mom actually right away. And I was like, oh my gosh, you've got to listen to this podcast as well. It's connecting all the dots. And that right there, um, it was kind of, I felt like your, the spring capsule, which is the first one I've done, the only one I've done, it linked everything together. So everything, you know, I was on the right track, but this is what took things home for me. I love the idea because I'm always encouraging women to customize their capsules, right? Mm -hmm. I put together, I don't know, 34 to 39 pieces somewhere in there for everybody. Yeah. And it's sort of a mm -hmm. blueprint of, of here's a wardrobe that will take you just about anywhere. Sure, if you're going to dinner with the queen, you're going to need something else. If you're going hiking, you're probably going to need something else. But, you know, yes, outliers notwithstanding, this wardrobe is meant to take you everywhere. But it isn't right for everyone, mm -hmm. you know. And some people do need a longer short or somebody does need a, a dress with a more fitted waist. The colors aren't always right for everyone. So when you have the ability... Right. First of all, when you know the colors that work best for you, when you know the styles that work best for you, you can tweak it and customize it really much easier. But my goodness, when you can actually make the things for yourself, like, oh my gosh, that's yes. kind of capsule gold. It's kind of capsule gold. It is. I mean, definitely. You know, I, I've listened to you say quite a few times, you know, having your style. I also took your signature style class. Loved that as well. Um, but having your style mesh with your body type. You know, I've, I've heard you mention that a few times because I'm very busty. I, I'm a, I think I'm a rectangle, kind of a curvy rectangle, a little bit 
inverted triangle from the back, but um, I have a hard time with button down shirts because I am busty and I'm narrow shouldered okay. with a broad back, which is, there's just no way I'm finding a ready to wear button up shirt that will work for me, but I can make one. And I love that silhouette on me. And it's just a game changer. So it really allows you to have the style that you really want, no matter your body, really. <laughs> that is amazing. Okay. Well, I know that I am so motivated to go down in my basement closet and pull out my sewing machine that I used like three times since my husband yes. gave it to me. Uh, <laughs> and I know that so many other women are feeling the same way. So let's yeah. say that women mm -hmm. are as fired up to sew as I am right now. Where do we start? Where do we start? What do we need? What are some easier projects? Give us some guidance. Definitely. All right. So first of all, if you're pulling a sewing machine out of a closet that's not been touched in the past year, you need to take it in to have it um, serviced, just cleaned, oiled, getting it all ready to go, no matter how inexpensive or expensive that machine might be. Okay. You're just going to be much happier if you have a machine that's been cleaned, ready to go, um, you know, all your tensions set and everything. If you have, do not own a sewing machine, you can, I mean, you can buy one at Walmart for $50. My recommendation, if you are able, is to buy secondhand machine from a lot of times um, sewing machine repair people will refurbish and sell secondhand machines. So you'd be buying something you know that would work. Uh, the older the machines, uh, the more the metal machines, those things are workhorses and they will outlive you, your children and your grandchildren. And they're easy for most mechanics to fix. So where would we start looking for a secondhand machine? I mean, you can find them at garage sales um, and that sort of thing. You are running the risk that maybe things aren't, you know, working. If you can find something that are, mm -hmm. that has um, all of the accessories, the book, although you can find a lot of instruction manuals online anymore. And most sewing machine repair people are also vacuum cleaner repair people. So if you've got a vacuum, it's a very similar um, motor from what okay. I understand. Um, so it's, it's a lot of times, I mean, sometimes you can just find people that do the stuff out of their home as well, but the older metal machines are the best. I realize that's not feasible for most. So definitely, I mean, you can go to Walmart, Costco. My first sewing machine actually came from Costco and just buy a run of the mill. You don't need anything fancy as long as it does a straight stitch. If you can do a zigzag stitch, that's great. But a straight stitch is really all you need to get started and to do a lot of really great things. Okay. The second most important thing next to a sewing machine is a good iron. Good pressing can make a mediocre sewn garment great, whereas bad pressing can make a beautifully sewn garment look homemade, basically. Is that something that a lot of people tend to skip? Yes. Okay. And it's just it's just a very important um it can solve a, it can hide a bunch of sins, basically. A good steamy iron. <laughs> And you don't have to break the bank. I work or buy almost all of my sewing notions from wawack.com, and I can give you that link, but they have sewing notions for much cheaper than you can buy them at um, any big box store. And they also sell really good irons for much less than what you would pay for a, a home iron, a nice home iron. Okay. So you don't have to really break the bank on that. Yeah. Aside from that, my my biggest tip is to not um, save money on thread. Buy good thread. Uh, most of the issues that you will have with your sewing machine, with thread breaking, stitches skipping, comes down to is your machine threaded correctly? And is the bobbin incorrectly? And do you have good quality thread? 
Um, I use Guterman thread. It is my favorite. I use the same thread for 95% of my projects. It will, it will help with frustration on down the road, especially with machine issues. <laughs> good to know. Good yeah. to know. Yeah. Okay. So do you have any like really good beginner projects? What's the easiest thing you can make or where do you start? I mean, you could, of course, start with your standard pillowcase or, um, you know, PJ pants. Mimi G, who is a, a personality in the sewing community, she's got her own pattern line with Simplicity Patterns. She actually has a, a beginning online sewing school called Sew It Academy that I have heard fabulous things about. There is also Craftsy.com that um, you can buy a yearly subscription and have access to all of their classes, which include a lot more than sewing. But their Learn to Sew, Beginning Sewing classes on that are also phenomenal. And that's Craftsy.com? Mm-hmm. Yes. All right. And what was the other one you recommended? I want to make sure we get it in the show uh, it's notes. It's Mimi G and it's Sew It Academy. Okay. We will put both of those in the show notes. Yeah. Those are both really great places for learning to sew. What was your first clothing project? Do you remember? I do. It was a tailored blazer. Well, <laughs> I don't do anything. Jump right small. in, Whitney. Just go for it. And it is atrocious. I kept it, and it is it is not good. And I don't know, that's the class I took when I was learning uh, to sew garments with my sewing, who ended up being my sewing mentor. I don't know if that impressed her or <laughs> made her think, man, this girl needs some help. <laughs> you know, maybe she thought she's ambitious. <laughs> she's ambitious she's and She's a teachable. go-getter. Yep. <laughs> Love that. Okay. So that piece didn't get worn a lot is what you're saying. Or did it? The first time I wore it, I we were traveling back to Missouri, which is where we we're from, and I was in a gas station and was going to the bathroom and got poked with a pen that I had sewn into the lining. So oh. there you go. Okay. Okay. Do you remember the first successful clothing piece you made? Yes, and it was a dress. The only issue, um, and another thing I would recommend, is to buy the best quality fabric that you can afford because that can make or break a project as well. And I had made a dress out of quilting cotton, which quilting cotton actually has come a long way. And it is absolutely gorgeous. They have beautiful prints now, um, but it is not the best type of fabric necessarily for, it doesn't have enough drape for flattering dresses a lot of times. Okay. So, um, and I had chosen a large scale print for the dress and so proud of it. And it was actually, I'd worn the dress quite a few times before I realized that it had records on it. And I had positioned one of the records in a very unfortunate place on my bus line that really just, and it took a, quite a few uh, wears before anyone pointed it out. Um, that is so funny. We have a member in our community mm -hmm. who had sent a picture to a friend like, hey, what do you think of this dress? And this friend texted back like, there's a flower right on your boob. Yes. Like, and, you know, she hadn't noticed it. She's like, now I can't unsee it. Now I cannot unsee it. It happens. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I've even seen that, you know, in stores, like oh, yeah. mass produced stuff. And you're like, that's really not a good place for a bullseye. Right. Just saying. Right. So what percentage of your wardrobe now do you make? Everything. Everything. Yeah. Do you make jeans? 
I make jeans. Yes. Holy yes. moly. I have made bras and underwear. Bras just take a lot of time. There's a lot of fitting involved with bra making. People have no idea how technical bras are. Oh my gosh. So technical. No. So technical. And then I, you know, gain a little bit of weight, lose a little bit of weight, and I've got to start all over at the beginning. I have found it's much easier to go into Soma for a bra fitting. And yeah. <laughs> And there you go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Bras are so technical. And people so always technical. wonder like, why are bras so expensive? That's why. They are, yes. I mean, there are so many little pieces, little measurements. Everything has to be basically hand sewn. I mean, it is, yes. it is not a mass produced garment really. Yeah. It yeah. is. Yeah. They're difficult. <laughs> but other than bras and underwear. Yeah. You, you may, swimsuits? Yep. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I would imagine you need to know your measurements like down to a T. Yes. How do you go about learning your measurements down to a T? You know, one thing um, that I purchased is a, um, it's a sliding tape measure. So it actually fastens around the body and because it's really hard to take your own measurements if your arms are up yeah. or down, but it fastens kind of like a belt. And so it makes it really easy to pull it tight to measure um, your waist, uh, your bust, your hip. Another important measurement is your high bust, which is actually your measurement right underneath your armpits above your um, boobs, basically. Uh, that can, right there, if you have bigger than a two inch difference between your high bust and full bust, chances are you need a full bust adjustment in most patterns. And that right there is the miss, was the missing key uh, for me in having garments that fit me properly um, because I'm very, I'm narrow in my shoulders. Interesting. And I I think even if people aren't going to sew their own clothes, this is a really good lesson in why don't clothes right off the rack fit you properly. Exactly. Because when they're exactly. making things for hundreds of thousands of people, they're not making them for the person that needs the full bust adjustment right. or the person who doesn't, and maybe it has one. So that's really, mm -hmm. that's an interesting thing to know. I didn't, I didn't realize that. Yeah. Yeah. Huge difference. I think not wanting to face your measurements is another reason that women don't necessarily want to get as hands-on with sewing and tailoring. Those are just scary numbers. People don't don't yes. want to know it. It's just easier to know like I'm an L. Like a letter is less scary than numbers. Right. Right. You kind of just have to get over it though, right? Yeah. And actually it's rather freeing. I could not tell you what size I wear in ready-to-wear clothing. Um, pattern sizes are much different. The sizing has not changed in patterns for, you know, a hundred years. So it's probably closer to, you know, what ready to wear was, you know, they always say, you know, Marilyn Monroe was a size 12. Well, in sewing patterns, a size 12 would be equivalent to like a size four. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, probably in ready to wear, maybe a six. And so it's a little frank, you know, at, at first when I you know, make my sister a few things, she'll be like, I'm an 18, you know, or whatever. And I'm like, well, that's, Yes, but that's not not a big size when you're looking at sewing patterns. So it, I don't know, it, it kind of allows you just to let go of that number a little bit because it really doesn't correlate back to ready-to-wear clothing. There's just something kind of freeing about that. And knowing your measurements, um, you know, once you have clothes that fit properly, which I love your touting the importance of a good tailor because that is that is huge. Uh, when they fit properly, you just look better. You look thinner, you look taller. 
it's just, it's worth it. Yeah. You look more confident. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes, absolutely. So let's talk about tailoring yeah. for a minute, because I think just knowing how yes. to do some basic alterations is probably a great yes. place to, it's a good sewing goal, a good sewing goal. Where would you recommend women start with that? Um, I mean, learning to hem a pair of pants or the sleeves of a shirt, that's okay. huge right yeah. there. Um, you know, you could get a little bit more advanced and maybe learning how to um, take in the side seams of a jacket, for instance, just to give yourself a little bit more shape. I mean, if you wanted to get really advanced, you can actually take apart and do shoulder adjustments. Those are much more involved. But again, that craftsy.com has some advanced classes on there um, with some really great alteration teachers on how to do all of those uh, more difficult alterations. Being able to take darts into the back of your jeans if you get the waist gap, that's another one that is, mm -hmm. you know, huge. My daughter needs that one. Yeah, that's made a big difference in how things fit on her. Yes, curvy girls. Now, all of a yeah. sudden, you don't have to find retailers that make that curvy pant that yeah. isn't necessarily perfect for your curves. You could do it by yourself. Exactly. That's so funny. I was talking to a client, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago, and we were talking about alterations and she was like, well, I, I said, do you have a good tailor? She's like, well, I do them myself. Is that good enough? I'm like, yeah, heck yes, that's good enough. Like, that's amazing. You, That's the holy grail is being able to customize your clothing without having to pay an arm and a leg for it because tailoring can yeah. really add up. It definitely can. I mean, can. I think the yes. value is definitely there, but it is not an inexpensive thing. It is not. Nope. But really, I'm, I'm still just hung up on the idea that you could completely customize your capsule to your body, your style, your yeah. everything by making it yeah. yourself. But how long does it take to do that? So the spring capsule, 39 pieces, how many of them huh? would you say you have in your wardrobe? Okay. Because I'm finished making everything now. I think... Um... Good because summer's coming out in right. like three weeks. Right, right. Just in the nick of time so I can get <laughs> so I can buy the summer. I actually had quite a few pieces already in my closet. Which you did, okay. It just kind of depends. Um, I can make a knit t-shirt in about 30 minutes um, from cutting oh, out wow. to uh, sewing that up. I did make myself a boyfriend, a linen boyfriend blazer because um, instead of the knit blazer, I wanted to do a, a linen one and I wanted to try the yep. boyfriend trend on my figure. Um, that took me, I don't know, probably six hours. I am a fast seamstress though. I had to be fast in the workrooms okay. that I worked in. And so I can't, I do so very fast. Okay. So the average person do not expect to turn out a 30 minute right, t-shirt right. your first time. Or out. a blazer in six hours. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No. So I would never finish my wardrobe and right. then I wouldn't. <laughs> Taking up small chunks, but all of this can be worn again next spring, which is the beauty of it. Well, that's very true. That's very true. Once you have, and once you have things that you love and are perfect for you, yes. I think you just end up with a, you end up with a better wardrobe. Yes. You really yep. do. Hey, so I want to talk about the fact that you're a cover model. <laughs> yes. Okay. Tell, tell us about your modeling career. So this Walwack um, company that I buy all of my notions from, I absolutely love them. Their, their thread is so much cheaper than I can buy anywhere else, um, amongst other things. And I had done a um, YouTube video on my favorite sewing notions and, you know, where I buy them. Um, and I guess enough people had gone over to their site that it sent up some flags for them. And they called me to thank me. <laughs> and, um, you know, I was just passing on what I love. and. Um, 
asked me if I would be interested in, they like to put, typically they're doing master tailors and stuff in New York because that is where they are located. Um, but asked if I would be willing to be on the front of their catalog. And uh, I said, yes. So they sent a photographer to my house to get some photos of me in my sewing room. And yes, I was the cover of the May Wallwack catalog. <laughs> How exciting is that? Did you ever think when you started, you're like, someday, someday I'm going to be on the cover of a catalog? Oh, yeah, never. never. No, that was not even a thought that that would be um, something. So that was, yeah. But what a fun opportunity. So that's a great transition, though, into some of your recommendations. Mm-hmm. So Wawak, we'll put that in the in the show notes for everybody. And then what about like pattern companies? Are there companies or, or pattern brands that you like better than others and, and why? Okay. Yes. If you are uh, been away from the sewing world for a while, um, you know, there's no long, I mean, there's still the commercial patterns, your Butterick, McCall's, Vogue, um, Simplicity, um, New Look. Those are all still out there and you can find them on really good sales at Hobby Lobby or at Joann's usually, or on their website. But there is um, probably since I've been sewing. So since 2011, a huge influx of independent pattern designers, So these are people that um, are starting their own pattern companies, and you can get some fantastic instructions, hand-holding, you know, videos on their website to really take you through the process. There are not only printed patterns, but you can also buy digital patterns that you print off on your home um, printer, and then you tape them together, um, which is, yeah, or you can send them off to copy shops for, to have them printed on big paper, which makes it really, really nice. Some of my favorite independent, two independent pattern makers that I work with that I love because they both do full busts for you, so you don't have to do that adjustment, um, are Itch to Stitch and Love Notions. But again, there are a ton of them out there um, that are that are just really great and great for beginners because their instructions are infinity <laughs> better than a lot of the instructions you get in your typical, you know, Simplicity, Vogue, McCall's type pattern. That's really good to know. Yeah. As you were saying that, I was just transported back to my youth. Yes. Looking through the pattern books. Yes. Oh my gosh, that was so much fun. That was so much fun. And those huge drawers of of patterns. And I haven't gone pattern buying in, I don't know, 40 years. (laughs) So... But that was so much fun. Definitely. Like you could make anything. You could have anything. Yeah. And of course that was back in, you know, the seventies, eighties that I was, so they were pretty horrific, but, um, you know, I'm sure that they have, they've gotten even, even better as time goes on. It is. It's a great thing. I have to say, I love the internet. I love the internet for so many reasons, but you know, 30 years ago, independent pattern makers, what, where would they have even, there would be no place for them to have an outlet. No, absolutely not. Yeah. I think the internet is the most amazing thing because anybody can, Unfortunately, sometimes to their detriment, but anybody can put their things out there. Anybody Uh, can, you don't have to be, you don't have to work for some huge pattern company. You don't have to be a big pattern company. You can be somebody who's just good at making patterns. I love that. Yes. It's a beautiful thing. (laughs) Do you ever buy fabric online? Almost always. Yeah. I don't have a good shop anywhere near me that has the things that I like. So I, yeah, I do work with, I work with a couple of fabric companies, but there's some really good online fabric companies. And one thing I tell people when, I mean, buying fabric online can be difficult, but if you find a company where you 
can be pretty much guaranteed that their stuff is high quality, then it's a much safer bet. And a lot of times they'll offer, you know, they're also independent small businesses that will also send swatches and that sort of thing um, to you as well. But yes. What are some of your online sources that you like for fabrics? Stylemaker Fabrics. She is out of um, the Washington state. Okay. Blackbird Fabrics, which is in Canada. She is in British Columbia up there and um, has great shipping. Does she have a podcast too? Yes. Love sewing. Yes. 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 Yep. Yes. Okay. Now, I would imagine if you're buying fabrics online, Mm -hmm. you kind of need to know some words of fabrics. Yes. Right? So tell my listeners, ingrain it into their heads, how important it is to know fabrics, either if you're shopping online or buying fabrics online. Very important. That is going to determine how um, you, what you're making, if you want something with more drape. So um, your rayon, your viscoses, um, whether that be a woven fabric, which you've talked about before, or a knit fabric. Ad nauseum. Yep. Yes. Those have more weight and more drape. So anything, you know, with a cowl, with the, you know, something, a wrap, um, those sort of things that you just want to be a little more flowing. Um, that's a great uh, silk, obviously, is beautiful for that as well. Um, your cottons, uh, your linens, those are going to have a little bit more body to them. Yeah, those are, I, I prefer actually cotton spandex is my favorite fabric uh, substrate to use for t-shirts. I just like the way they fit my body. Isn't that hard to sew though because of the pulling? So once you've done some sewing, a serger, which is a machine that does a looping stitch, is what I use to make sew with all of my knits. Any t-shirt that you have from ready to wear, if okay. you look at the seam, you see a stitch that wraps around itself a whole bunch. That is a serge seam that finishes off mm-hmm. seams for woven stuff as well. But that makes sewing with knits really easy because... But that is not where you'd start, right? That's a that's 2.0. Right. Yeah, okay. that's, a, that's an investment. Yep, that's an investment. You can sew knits on sewing machines. You just need to make sure you're using a slight zigzag stitch so that it stretches and you don't pop stitches. Okay. But yeah, just adjusting your presser foot tensions. If you're having issues with things pulling a little too much um, and getting wavy seams, again, steam and a good iron will fix a wavy a seam like nothing. Yeah. Some good troubleshooting. Love that. I am. I'm so inspired to sew something. Literally. I'm when we're done, I'm going to go get my sewing yes! machine and sew something very badly. Oh, that That's, makes me happy. <laughs> I'm just going to jump in. <laughs> so earlier I asked, mm-hmm. why don't more women sew, but mm-hmm. I kind of want my last question to you to mm-hmm. be, why should more women sew? Oh, it's the change. Again, I am five, two with a very large bust and not much of a waist and short arms, short legs. I'm not really petite necessarily, but, um, finding clothes to fit me properly. I also have a very short tor- torso. So I'm like a petite on my upper body, not really regular on the lower half, but not really petite either. Um, because my legs are longer in comparison with my upper body, you know, body image issues, which I know we all struggled, struggled with, you know, growing up, I have none of that now being able to make things that fit me and fit is something that does take just trial and error takes a lot of time can be frustrating, but is so worth it in the end that, I mean, I can't imagine not sewing. Not only is it a wonderful creative outlet and, um, it's my, you know, therapy in a lot of ways, just being able to create with my hands, but the end product, when you have a garment that fits you the way that it should, the confidence that's built in with that is just, it's life-changing. I mean, at the risk of sounding overly dramatic, it really is life-changing. 
That is, that is a fantastic place to leave it. Now, I always ask what one thing you want our audience to take away, and you may have just given it in that answer, but is there anything else you would like our style sisters to really put in their hearts and in their heads and remember as they think about embarking on sewing? I mean, if you are looking for a creative outlet, and if sewing sounds like something that might be of interest to you, my advice is just get in there make the mistakes. That's how you're going to learn. Um, your seam ripper will be your best friend and that is fine. Um, you can't look at it as, you know, oh, I've wasted so much fabric and I just can't get it. Um, you would never tell an artist that you're wasting canvases as they're trying to hone their skill. It's the same thing. So just get in there, practice. And yeah, don't be, don't be scared. At the end of the day, it really is just fabric. You're not hurting anyone. <laughs> yeah, it's just fabric. Just try it. Don't be scared. <laughs> Love that. Whitney, tell us where we can find you on the internet. Sure. I am um, on YouTube at Tomcat Stitchery. And um, I am on Instagram at Tomcat Stitchery Carmel. That was my business name before I started the YouTube channel. And uh, so the Carmel is, uh, was more related to the business beforehand. But um, yeah, that is the two best places to find me. Fantastic. And so in my guest application, I ask like, do you have a freebie for us? Do you, you know, is there something that you want to promote? And your answer, I just loved. You're like, nah, I just give all my stuff for free on YouTube, which that is fantastic. That is fantastic. What a gift to everyone. So thank you for that. We will put all of those links in the show notes. And uh, <laughs> maybe if I make something that is, it'll be a pillowcase guys. Let's not, let's slow your roll. It's not going to be a blazer. <laughs> But I have been struggling to find throw pillow covers that I really, I had the perfect throw pillows in my, in my family room. And then they all got kind of just sad and, you know, misshapen. I cannot find any I like as much. So it's a square. I can do it. You can do it. Yes. I can, I can do a square. Yes. So maybe I'll post that on Instagram if, and when that happens, don't hold your breath. People don't, don't, don't follow up is all I'm saying. Whitney, thank you so much for being on the show and giving us some motivation and inspiration and some practical advice on how to start sewing so that we can have the wardrobe of our dreams. My pleasure. Ladies, this week, head out there, think about sewing, go look at some patterns, go visit the show notes and just take a look. And if it if it's at all interesting to you, why not? Give it a shot. I know that every woman listening to this podcast is like, gosh, I could really use a hobby. If this sounds like something that that could be a good hobby for you, at the end, you also have a wardrobe that you love. So go check it out and we will see you next time. Hey friend, thanks for listening to the show. Don't forget to head over to the website for any links, downloads, or resources we talked about during the episode. Go to youreverydaystyle.com slash podcast and find the episode you're looking for. While you're there, make sure you sign up for our email list. You'll get a weekly style tip as well as links to my favorite product of the week to help make style even easier. It's an email you'll actually look forward to getting, so don't miss out. We'll see you next time. And until then, stay stylish.